Welcome. I'm Julie Bacon, and you're listening to the Mindset Coaching for Handlers podcast, a podcast for dog handlers who are on a mission to achieve big goals. Here I share lessons, insights, personal stories, and tools you can apply during your next show, trial, or test to help you strengthen your mental game and hopefully cue more consistently. Be sure to check out the show notes where you'll find details about the episodes, plus important links, including the link to the Dogged Planner and Workbook created just for handlers on a mission. So if you're ready to improve your competitive mindset, get out of your own way, and connect with your dog like never before, then it's time to get comfy, bring an open mind, and work your mindset. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. All right, this week we're talking about boundaries. And boundaries have, I feel like, some really mixed connotations or meanings to different people. I feel like a lot of people think that boundaries are negative, that setting a boundary means that you're keeping someone else from doing something, right? That it that it's about someone else, that it's about other, that it's about forces outside, when really boundaries are a form of self-care. They are a form of doing what you need to take care of yourself. And it doesn't have to be negative. Um, It's so interesting. I feel like maybe because people think of boundaries as being protection. They think of being protected from someone trying to do them harm or negative talk or, you know, unsolicited advice or all of these sort of inputs. Um, And I feel like that comes from feeling vulnerable, right? That I think we, sometimes we feel like we are being quote attacked or we just otherwise feel vulnerable by a situation and then feel like, oh, we need good boundaries. And I don't, really think that that's how a lot of people or how, uh, I don't know, the the people who created boundaries, the idea of boundaries would define it necessarily. Um, It can be defined that way, of course. You can define it however you want. Use your words. Um, But I think really what we want to think of boundaries as what is it that we need to like in and out of our sandbox, right? So let's reframe it. Let's think of it as we play in our sandbox and our sandbox has, you know, those little, I don't know, in my mind, they were always those like wooden, um, like short walls that had that little lip that now that I think about it looks a lot like a whelping box, but hmm, similarities anyway. um, And think of the boundaries as those those outlines, that outline, that whelping box outline. Um, And, you know, what you want in your sandbox and what you don't want in your sandbox is up to you. And so I think when we think about boundaries in that way, then it becomes more positive. Like, I, I don't really... I think of boundaries as being positive. I don't think that they have to be this like defensive mechanism. They can actually be maybe protective, but um, certainly uh, a a form of self-care, like I said, right? So I also kind of want to reframe that conversation so it, it you don't feel like they have to be this line of defense, that they actually can be, think about it as what you will and won't allow in your sandbox. And um, so in that context, when we take it in to a trial or even training or our training facilities or things like that, if we think about boundaries as like things you will and won't allow or things that you are 
or are not here for, right? So, you know, not being like, we're not available for, um, you know, people who are just negative all the time, for instance, right? That that kind of negative energy, we're not going to hang around that, you know, that can be something that we think about that is not allowed in the sandbox, right? Um, And so when we think of it in terms of that, now we think of it, well, maybe I just want a trainer who is really supportive and positive. She doesn't have to be, you know, blowing up my skirt every minute. I want the constructive feedback, but I also want someone who is in my corner and who's happy for me um, every time something great happens, for instance. And that can be, maybe that means that you're not here for, you know, trainers or seminars or something that don't have that kind of energy. And you've just made that decision. So it can be kind of also more broad, like just in terms of your life, in terms of like what kind of things you will and won't allow. And when we think of boundaries in that way, I think they're softer and not softer in in that they're permeable or we don't, they aren't like they aren't um, meaningful. They're not, they can they can crumble or something like that. I just mean softer in terms of they don't have to have this like hard edge of defense or anger or that sort of energy behind them. They can be softer. I think that we are actually great at setting boundaries with our dogs, right? We are all dog trainers to some extent, and we're always training our dogs. Every time we're with them, we're training them, right? We're reinforcing how we want them to behave when they're around us and how we will behave with them, you know, even if you're just sitting on the couch in the living room at night, right? So um, in that, I think we're really great at boundaries because we're really great at, at showing our dogs what we will and won't allow. And those are boundaries. Those are types of boundaries that, you know, it's okay for my dogs to be super excited when I come in the house, you know, after being out of the house for, you know, anywhere from eight hours to two minutes, you know, as dogs are. Um, And that's fine. But when guests come over, I want them to, you know, say hello and then settle back in, right? That's, that's a, you could call that criteria, but it's also a form of boundaries. So, that which gives me an idea like what if for you you reframed it boundaries as criteria just as you would have for your dogs and you start to shape the environment around you maybe even the people around you um, according to criteria right so when you're when you're teaching a new behavior you're sort of broader I always kind of make a a shape of a funnel when I'm teaching this in a class, in a handling class, um, in that when we're teaching dogs new things, we allow, you know, things that are close, you know, that, you know, when, for instance, if we're teaching shaping, we want them to get on a mat. The first thing we might reward is them just like being interested in the mat, right? That funnel's really wide at the top. And then as they get closer and closer to the behavior that we want, we start to narrow that funnel in, right? And then eventually maybe we're only rewarding when they down on the mat, right? Um, that's a form of that. That's a form of shaping our criteria and the criteria that we that we have for ourselves, um, what we expect from ourselves, and what we expect, how we expect others to treat us. So when it comes to a trial environment, then it can be very similar. Um, are we going to allow people to run up to us afterwards with unsolicited advice, or are we, you know, going to allow, um, you know, just different things that might happen at a trial? And again, it doesn't have to be negative. It can just be, you know, what my boundary is is, you know, when I go to a trial, yes, I like to work, yes, I like to volunteer, but I, I'm not going to work the class before mine. 
right? Because, you know, in agility, I should say, um, I'm not going to work the class before mine because I really want to use that time to get into my mindset and, and get organized and really be focused on my dog and what I need to do. So that's my boundary, right? Um, and that is a form of a boundary. It doesn't all have to be, you know, um, again, negative. Another boundary would be, you know, you decide that when a, you know, a group of your friends or whomever are kind of getting into gossipy mode, you decide that that's a boundary for you and you're not going to, you know, maybe you stick around for it or maybe you walk away, but at least you're not going to participate in it anymore. You're not going to participate in, you know, um, forwarding or, you know, uh, supporting those sort of gossipy conversations or situations, right? That can be a boundary. Um, and I think that what's helpful as we start to set boundaries is, again, we really look at it from the perspective of this is something I'm doing for myself, right? Gossip is not a great energy to have, right? It's not something you want to be a part of. That can just be, that was something I, I sort of did a few years ago. I decided that like, you know what, I'm not going to participate in this for me because I didn't like the energy for me. And I didn't want to be someone who like traded in information and, and made myself feel like part of the group just because I had some information or something like that. And so I gave that up. So as a boundary, when I'm in that situation, I just don't participate. Or if I can walk away or change the subject or, you know, in some cases, you know, say something and speak up and be like, you know what, this conversation is not for me. Um, and uh, I'm going to, I think I hear my dog calling, you know, or whatever it is, right? So those are forms of boundaries. And I think, again, it's interesting because everybody thinks like, oh, you got to set a boundary for that behavior. And that might be true. But I think that if we look at it from a broader picture and we think of it all more as self-care and what do you need to put yourself in a really great position and really take care of yourself and take care of your energy, then it really changes the conversation and becomes a lot more positive, right? Um, because at the end of the day, as we are thinking about this, right, we talk about mindset here, as we are thinking about how are we going to have the best mindset for our competitions when we walk into the ring or we just even walk into a trial environment, that means that we have to start to take charge of our environment and of the things around us and protect what needs protecting and, you know, participate as we can and be good stewards of the sport and so on as we go about, you know, being, a, you know, a good exhibitor. Um, but it might mean setting good boundaries for yourself, maybe before you run in the morning, you you don't have like chit chat coffee time um, because you're really getting focused and you're getting organized for the day. I don't know. Um, some people might call that a boundary. Some people might not. But I think when we name it a boundary or we start to say like, I'm a person who does this or that, then it starts to change how we look at it and the importance we start to put on those moments, right? Gossip, again, just picking on that. Gossip, isn't necessarily that big of a deal. But when we realize, oh, well, what it does or whatever, it could just be another way that your energy is leaching throughout the day. And it's just not a great way to spend it. And so if your energy is precious, then how are you going to spend your precious energy throughout the day, right? Just one example. All right. So when we come back, we will talk about a couple more examples. Quick question. Do you ever wish you had more mindset help? 
Well, the Q membership was created just for that reason. Every month we pick a topic and then we have four lessons, which are kind of like these podcasts that we dive deeper into. And so if you are ready for more, you're ready for more mindset work, think about joining the Q membership. Annual members get a free coaching session, but you can also choose the monthly option as well. Go to theqcoach.com to learn more. Let's get back to the episode. Okay, so let's talk about another way that boundaries come up, and that is in the category of unsolicited advice, or just kind of maybe any advice that you might get, whether you want it or not. And I think that um, having a boundary for this is really important. And one thing that helps with boundaries, and unsolicited advice is a great example of this, is thinking about what you would want to say if this should happen to you, right? If someone does come up to you or if a situation that's happened in the past happens again in the future, right? We get, I think the reason it hurts so much, and we've t- I have talked about this on other episodes, is that, you know, unsolicited advice sometimes catches us just off guard, right? We're just kind of flat-footed sometimes because we're just so incredulous that someone would actually say that thing to us, right? Or have a comment or something about our dogs. And um, so we feel vulnerable. We feel caught off guard. We don't have the the right comeback um, because probably what we really want to say to the person we can't really say in that moment. And it just catches us off, off guard. So I find that sometimes having a couple little lines or a couple little things that you might say back to the person, you know, kind of tucked away, you know, maybe if it's something that's really upsetting for you, you know, journal about it. You know, if someone says this, here's some things I want to say, make a list. You know, I've often encouraged people to make a list of like 20 things you wish you would say and include all the things you're never going to say, you know, include all the expletives or all the, you know, your mother wears combat boots sort of responses to these things. And, um, and then you'll whittle down to the couple things that maybe are like constructive that you could say, or, you know, even just saying like, you know, that that's really not helpful at this time. Or, you know, I don't think you're taking, you can't possibly be taking into account our full journey, you know, with that comment, or you don't understand how hurtful that comment is at this time, or you're, or just say, you know, your timing is really terrible. Let's maybe talk about this one. You know, I'm more able to, to talk constructively about this, right? So again, Sometimes we don't really think of that as a boundary, but I think that when we establish ourselves and we think of ourselves in our own heads as, you know, someone who does not put up with that, then some of that behavior really starts to disappear because I swear something in our energy kind of just puts out to the world like, don't, like, don't try me, don't do that. You know, I um, recently got, had some, there was a, post in social that sort of got to me. And I looked at it and at first I was really upset about it. And then I sat with it and I processed it. And I thought about um, what it meant and the fact that, well, I had, I had asked the universe, I wanted to level up. I wanted to, you know, get my business out there and be more out there and be more known by people so that more people could take advantage of this work. And, and if it wasn't me, that someone else would, you know, they'd get into mindset stuff because I think this mindset stuff's important. And then I processed like, you know, what the words meant and so forth. And once I did that, and once I sort of realized what it was saying and what it meant, and I was able to really kind of alchemize it for myself, then all of a sudden it stopped. 
And I never, no one ever forwarded it to me, you know, didn't say like, hey, did you hear that this person said da, da, da. And I never heard it again. And I stopped thinking about it. And it was because internally I set a boundary that I was not available to hear that sort of thing. And that, um, and I alchemized it to mean, at least to me, I chose it to mean um, that, you know, I was, you know, getting the word out. People were hearing about this message and that was great for my business and great for the podcast and great for listeners. And in the end of the day, great for handlers who can now access, you know, mindset assistance when needed, right? And so we decide how we want things to impact us, but we also really decide what we let in. And I think at the end of the days, that's what a boundary is. It's deciding what it is that we're going to let in, whether it's in the moment, someone's unsolicited advice or rudeness or what have you, or it's something that you know you you have going on in your life that you want to really shift, and you don't want to be available for that anymore. Um, you know, uh, there was. I feel like this is not an expression anymore, which is a good thing. But like that concept of being a doormat comes to mind, right? And once you decide that like, I'm not going to be a doormat for people anymore, I'm not going to let people walk all over me, you know, and once you start embodying that energy, that's a boundary. And suddenly, you know, people don't treat you like that anymore. And if they do, you feel stronger, more confident, more secure, and more able to say something to hold that boundary. Is this making sense? So I think that boundaries are really important when it comes to sports because we're training, we're working with our dogs, we're um, you know conditioning ourselves and them. We are making all kinds of decisions. We're going to trials. We're putting ourselves out there. We're you know we're we're being the the person in the arena that is you know going for it and trying and effort. And so along that journey, there's so many points of vulnerability. And so it is important that we feel safe and confident and strong and able to do the work we need to do, even if that work is happening in public and we might not be getting the best results yet because it's a journey, right? Success is not a straight line. It's ups, downs, sideways, one step forward, 10 steps back some days, at least it feels like it. Um, and so we have to feel safe in order to do that work. And I think boundaries really help with that. So again, if for nothing else, just think about how boundaries don't have to be this like negative defensive position. Rather, they can be this like wonderful sandbox border that just says, this is the kind of thing that I allow into my sandbox. And these are the kinds of things that I no longer am here for in my sandbox. And you can do that with kindness and grace and um, in a way that serves you, your dogs, and also is like really kind and nice to other people, but just energetically or even verbally or physically or what have you says, like, I'm not here for that. Like, I'm just not here for that anymore. So think about that this week or think about maybe if you don't know what boundaries you need, maybe just feel into like your week and feel like, when do you feel vulnerable? When do you feel like you feel a little exposed? Where would you like to have a boundary? Or maybe where would you like to have a better comeback? <laughs> you know, and maybe you need to do the journaling exercises where you write down a whole bunch of snappy comebacks, most of which you probably won't say, can't say. Um, but, you know, maybe some of them you can, and you can have that in your back pocket should something come up. So just think about 
your sandbox and think about protecting your sandbox. I mean, I know we're so protective of our dogs. We should be just as protective of ourselves, right? And take care of ourselves in that way. And that's why good boundaries are good self-care because you're taking care of that sandbox and you're managing what comes in, what goes out, what's able to come and go, and um, what are really kind of hard and fast rules for yourself that you have. So as you think about that this week and kind of just think about like, where do I feel vulnerable? Where might I need a boundary for this? You don't have to make any decisions yet. Just start with that. And when you get that clarity, then you will start to see like, hey, I don't want this kind of behavior in my sandbox. And if that's all the realization you come to in this first week, you know, because I love to give homework, then that's great. That's a ton of progress to just see what kind of stuff, what kind of energy, what kind of behavior gets to be in your sandbox and what does not. Start there and you will be on your way to developing some like really healthy, good self-care kind of boundaries. Um, and you can use them to, you know, kind of go forth into your life, if you will. All right. All right. That's it for this week. So no matter what you're up to this week with your dogs, I hope you have a fantastic time. Thanks so much for listening to the Mindset Coaching for Handlers podcast with me, Julie Bacon. I am so grateful for your precious time. Check out my Dogged Planner workbook and journal available on Amazon. Just search for Dogged Planner. I also offer monthly membership that's perfect for ongoing support of your awesome goals. Check out theqcoach.com for details or just stop by and check out all the ways you can work on your mindset. And be sure to follow me on Facebook and Instagram at The Q Coach and let me know how it's going. Finally, please share, subscribe, and leave a review. This helps us podcasters tremendously. Plus, I know I get my best podcast recommendations from friends. Thanks and have a great week with your dogs.